Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Jason Petros, and uh, have we got a studio full of people for you? A stable full. This is our very first show for August, and our very first show without Keith, Kyle, Steve, Paul, Ron, Tom. Who John, was that? That guy, Becky. Who was that Nancy. masked man? <laughs> you know, I found out the other day. I forget who it was that told me. I, I want to say it was Nicole, but it, it's not Nicole. Maybe it was. That no one. That Keith was one of the people at that NHC several years ago that was booing the Brewing Network when we won Club of the Year. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> he was a secret agent uh, yeah. infiltrating the uh, Brewing Network. Well, he didn't have a hard time cashing the check. <laughs> well, it was in cash, so it's fine. But there, there are checks. Yeah. No, there aren't checks. Not oh, anymore. Checks and balances. Yeah. If you, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we are. What's that? I was going to say, what? We, we we pay them? What? No. It was, uh, you know, everyone has jokes, Beverly. All right. Um, but we are joined with a few replacements. Uh, we're missing one potential replacement, Matt Sanger. But uh, I would say Sanger. I want to change his last name to Sanger. But it's Sager. <laughs> I know, but I like Sanger better. I don't know why. So he's Matt Sanger now. I thought it was Sanger, too. That's weird. Right? We've got a running side commentary from Keith here, too. He says he told you that. He might have, but you know what? He probably told us on the first show. Keep fuck off. Go, go back. Let's go back and listen to his. <laughs> Shut up. Listen to his first show with you're, us. You're, I'm tired. I'm, I thought I was over you telling me how I'm wrong and how you're right and asserting your patriarchy dominance on me. Get out of here. He came on here and he said he hates the Brewing Network. I think it was that was maybe not his exact words, but he said, what am I doing here? And then <laughs> almost ran out the door. And then he loves it. Somehow we. Yeah. Uh, but to replace no, we miss, him, we missed Keith Kyle. Eh, not really. Um, we to replace <laughs> him. We're going to have a few people kind of rotating in and out because it is, you know, this is a demanding schedule um, that we have. So we are going to have Brian Shar, who we had on during NHC, hello, one of our shows. How you doing, Brian? Doing great. You just How about came yourself? in. Came in through the revolving door. <laughs> and um, someone everybody on the Brewing Network is familiar with, Miss Nicole Ernie. Hello. So hey. both of you in the studio right now, very excited about it. I'm super excited myself. Longtime listener, first time guest host. <laughs> Second, no, first. Yeah, well, I've been a is. guest, but not a guest host. That's right. That's right. You're moving no. up in the world. I sure am. So Nicole, let's start with you. Uh, tell me your uh, beer qualifications, please, in case people do not know. Oh, I didn't know there was going to be an interview. Oh yeah, it's, this is this is this is the show, man. Basically, it's 45 minutes of just me talking to you. And then four seconds on beards, like 32, boom, 40, boom. All right, that's the show, everybody. We've learned about Nicole's first pet and the street she grew up on, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I was born at... No, just, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Nicole. Um, I've worked in the beer industry for 10 years now. 
exciting. Wow. Uh, and I uh, started off as a BJCP judge when I first started getting super into beer. Mm-hmm. Um, actually trained with a group uh, that Brian had put together. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about because we have another group running oh, now. Wow. It's my fifth um, judging study course. Uh, that our our guest Kyle is also in now. So I've been thinking about the early days of that a lot when I was just like in my apartment, and now you know now we moved up to being in in breweries and really cool bottle shop uh, yeah. slash gastropub pl- uh, places like Bottle Taps <laughs> and Shadow Puppet Brewing. A lot of folks from us. that group have gone on to do great things like start breweries and lots of stuff. Um, anyway, I am now a national level JCP. And I nice. also became a master Cicerone. Hell so. yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your life to come in here and sit and smell us. Because it's very hot in here and I feel very smelly. I don't remember the last, like having a kid, I don't remember the last time I took a shower. I can't remember it. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I did it at some point. But, but then a baby puked on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Mr. Brian Shar. What about you and your uh, beard judge qualifications? Please. Well, I have been home brewing for way longer than I should admit, probably about 25 years. I'm a master level BJCP judge, member of the uh, Words of Wisdom Homebrew Club, which Keith, Kyle, Steve, John was also a member of for, for a <laughs> That's while. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, been, uh, I'm like one of the laziest homebrewers you'll ever meet, as you recall from our discussion in Portland. Right, so right. So I bring that perspective to the, the whole thing also. Okay. Get along well with JP. Yeah, man, I hate doing stuff, man. Actually, I just don't have time anymore. Oh, baby, you'll do that to you. Yeah. And, it, um, dude, it, oh, my kid. Anyway, Mr. Char also taught one of our um, judging classes so far. He's going to help us out with another one. So, did a great class on yeast. I got a lot of compliments on that class from oh, the thank you so much. participants. Thank you. And, yeah. Nice. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you teaching. that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney, so I have a JD, which is the laziest of all possible doctorates. It's the <laughs> easiest one to obtain. So, technically, I could call myself yeah. Dr. Homebrew. I could be a doctor oh, shit. Yeah. of Homebrew. <laughs> wow. Technically. You can't call be you. accurate. You can't call him Doc, though. That, that's taken. No. It would be confusing. I've just kind of, but I think a guy like Brian deserves, doesn't deserve. A, a guy like Brian, you have to call doctor. I don't feel like there's a shortcut for Brian, Char. It's just, it's the whole thing because that's Brian. Brian is very much, I'm going to tell you every word that I can right now. There's and a lot of me it. to go around Doesn't and try right. to shut me up. <laughs> I wanted to call him Perry Mason. Wouldn't that make you Dr. Homebrew Esquire? If I was going to be really pretentious, oh, well, certainly. Yeah. We got Esquire. That's just, <laughs> Esquire that's, in the house. That's what it is. Um, okay, let's move on to our first beer because we're already a little behind, and our first guest here um, is not local like us, and so I want to get him on the show and then off the show as soon as possible, um, you know, just to uh, protect his interests. Uh, we have Ariel. Are you there? I am. How you doing, man? Hey. How's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Good. good. Uh, so thanks for sending in beer, man. I appreciate it. It's kind of last minute, and I do apologize about that, but, uh, you know, we got you on anyways. Uh, and it's a, a blueberry blonde ale, which uh, yes. I thought was, was pretty good. And it's it, that's that's not really something we've had in a while, Brian, like kind of just a base, oh, like, a, yeah. like, like not hop, not over hoppy IPA or different kind of German lager, or it's just, it's kind of nice to sometimes get back to, here's just a simple just recipe simple. with some blueberries and let's see, let's see what we can do about it. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that for one. Uh, how long you've been home brewing, man? How long you've been making beer at home? Uh, I've been home brewing now for five years. 
Five years. Okay. Is this something that you like to do, the blueberry blonde ale, or are you just kind of mixing stuff up and see what happens? It's actually my first time making it. Um, I've never made a blonde ale, and mm-hmm. I've never done anything with blueberries before, so you decided why not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you worked a lot with fruit? I'm sorry, what was that? Have you worked a lot with different other fruits? I have not. I When I first started uh, brewing, I tried adding uh, pineapple to a Hefeweizen, and it mm. got infected. I guess I didn't sanitize it well enough. Mm. <laughs> so I was afraid to do anything with fruit ever since. Um, but I was recently in Gainesville, Florida, with uh, my wife, and my brother-in-law took us to a winery down there that uses blueberries. Okay. So just picked out decided when i was there i was like hey, let me pick some blueberries freeze it take it home and see what i can do with it Hell so yeah dude that's, that's how it works that's that's yeah. how it works wow so those blueberries you picked yourself in here blueberries i picked myself Hell most yeah. lazy nice. brewers like mr shar over here would just open up a can of blueberry puree <laughs> dump it in yeah. sanitized puree whereas what i would do is go buy a bottle of blueberry beer and drink it <laughs> That's my favorite way to homebrew blueberry blonde ale. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and uh, show everybody how it's done. We're the Start ones off who, uh, with the blueberry blonde ale judging, please. Inspire you here. Let me pour a little go bit ahead. more of this for myself. Um, I need a little bit, too. Bev, do we yeah. have glasses and shit in here? Right here. Yeah, there you go. Oh, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, the um, we did judge this as a 29A fruit beer. Um, and you listed blueberry puree as an ingredient there with the 18A blonde ale as a base uh, style. So I got a uh, faint blueberry aroma in the nose with kind of a low bready malt um, alongside that. No obvious hop at all. It's it's uh, you know just kind of cleanly malty and, and blueberry. Um, seems like a f- pretty clean ale fermentation to me. I didn't um I didn't get any uh, any DMS or diastole myself. Um but um it's uh, moderate fruity esters. Uh it's not very sweet smelling. It smells to me like oh this is maybe going to be kind of a drier beer, but I don't know if that's just something from the you know the body of the blueberries that's kind of you know something is dried out in the in there and it's just kind of fruit that's kind of faded a little bit. Um Appearance-wise, it's a it's a pretty purplish pink color. I guess if you were to guess what the base beer looked like, it would just be kind of a light golden beer. Otherwise, you know, uh, it's somewhat hazy, but um, you know, could be from the fruit. I'm not sure. Uh, mostly fine bubbles. It had a had a low kind of pale pinkish white head, fine bubbles, and 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 moderate retention. It stuck around for a while uh, when I first poured it. Uh, so yeah, appearance-wise, it was okay. Just a little hazy, and uh, but a pretty color. Uh, flavor-wise, to get a low bready malt in there again, not bretty, but bready. <laughs> Some faint blueberry, uh, kind of about even with that malt. It's a it's a light style, but it's uh, a really light berry presentation too, and it's not screaming, even screaming blueberry. It's kind of a vague berry, <laughs> you know. Um, but blueberries are kind of notoriously hard to get to come through in the in the finished beer or a mead or something like that. You have to use a a lot of them and, and drink it pretty fresh to get it, um, you know, to get a lot out of it. But, um, you know, it seems seems fairly cleanly fermented, lightly fruity, finishes semi-dry. Uh, after Aftertaste, uh, a bit malty and faint, again, kind of vague berry-like. Um, the alcohol is uh, just a touch 
solvency, I would say. It's, it's a fine point, but it's just kind of a little... Uh, you can re- you can tell the alcohol's there, which is kind of unusual for a blonde ale. It's kind of like, oh, there's a little little uh, little booze poking out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fairly low bitterness. Um, there's just something something in there is just a little bit sharp, and I was kind of trying to figure out you know, what is that? Just the alcohol, or is there something else going on here? But uh, anyway, um, mouthfeel wise, uh, medium light body has some light warmth. To it, so that's again kind of continuing with the the alcohol maybe sticking out a little too strongly, or having some higher alcohols in there that are pushing up that uh, pushing that envelope into being a little harsh. Um, not very creamy, um, nicely that it has only a very faint astringency, you know, probably from the the berry, uh, the fruit matter, uh, or you know seediness. <laughs> it's good to keep that out of your fruit beers. So um, nice job there. Medium carbonation. Uh, but overall, I guess it's just a it's a pretty pleasant drinking blonde ale with with only minor shortcomings. Just I, w- I wanted a lot more of the fresh blueberry flavor in there, um, at least kind of even to balance with this light of a, a beer style. It, you just yeah. have to um, bring it up a lot. Uh, use fresh uh, fresh fruit and do it in your secondary, um, and and drink it pretty fresh. I don't know how old the beer is, but. And also just to take care of that, the alcohol poking through, just take care of your yeast better, you know, watch, watch the fermentation town, keep it even, keep it in the, in the right range, you know, mid, mid to upper sixties, um, oxygen and ain't enough and, uh, you know, make a starter, get a good clean pitch going in, uh, that'll clean up your alcohol solventiness there. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty pleasant beer, um, kind of around 30, 30 ish territory for this one. It's, um. It's pleasant drinking, but it's it has a few things that could be cleaned up to make it even even better. But mm-hmm. you know, thanks for sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, who's next? We're going to do the alternating judge feedback. So uh, should we have Nicole go? Let, let Brian just sit there a little bit longer. Yeah, Brian, right. Brian can chime in with with some thoughts. Yeah, some I'll, random sound. I'll sit out the next one. That's fine. All right, Nicole, go ahead. Sure. Uh, so uh, please. Yeah, this was a interesting beer. I was excited. Uh, blueberry, you know, fun, fun stuff. Um, I got a lot of ripe blueberry aroma, so not super intense. Because, like Brian said, the blueberry aroma wasn't super intense. But what was there mm-hmm. presents as like really ripe blueberries, not you know, kind of like the hodgepodge of uh, underripe ones or anything. Yeah, I'll um, give you that for sure. There's a honeyish tone from uh, the malt, uh, which kind of played nicely into the blueberry, but also as the beer warmed up, kind of started to stick out a little bit more. And um, I was detecting two kind of minor uh, off flavors. Uh, I was getting a little bit of acetaldehyde, uh, just as um, I think that might be what Brian was detecting as the alcoholic note, but there was kind of like a uh, that that acetaldehyde kind of character to it. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like super like green apple, but that like... Um, I never smell acetaldehyde as green apple. I get it as like your breath after you've drank too much, basically. You know, uh, you have, when you're, that's literally acetaldehyde. That's how I huh. figured out what acetaldehyde was. That is, and that is Stank what, breath. yeah, your body breaks down the alcohol to that. Exactly. The yeah. human body is disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> I um, tell my wife that all the time, but, uh, you know, um, for I, me, because of me, not, okay. Right. I also was going back and forth about whether I was detecting some DMS notes because when I, kind of sniffed with my mouth open. I was getting definitely some kind of sulfur character uh, that I think was DMS, giving that kind of like 
creamed corn note. Um, but I couldn't tell. Mm. That could be coming from the fruit also. Yeah, like the, so, the sweetness of the blueberry kind of well, it could literally mi- be mimicking the... DMS from the fruit, you know? Oh, like, okay. Yeah, which, so it's, it's not... It's not like a, a super big flaw in this beer, but it's there, yeah. and I think it does take away a little bit from the overall flavor because it it's kind of simplifying things. Okay. Um, the color is really cool. It looks like um, concentrated rosé wine. It has that like purplish pink color. Um, that sounds delicious, by the way. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Strawberry Kool-Aid. A little wine. hazy. Hell yeah. yeah, let's go. A little hazy. Um in the flavor, um, I was really pleasant, pleasantly surprised to find. Well, I guess it's more a mouthfeel. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised to find that there wasn't a lot of astringency. Mm-hmm. When I heard the words blueberry blonde ale, I was yes. like, "Oh, how how mess how much is this going to mess my palate up with just sucking the moisture from my tongue?" You know, <laughs> with astringency, and it, you, it, that didn't happen at all. Um, yeah. There's a really nice kind of like pleasant medium body there's there's some malt that you put in here that gave it some some richness uh some some uh you know more than just a super light body and that helps take away that any astringency that is there mm-hmm. uh so that's that's hard to do when you're working with something like blueberries and you're actually using real whole fruit you know uh so great job there um in the flavor going back up um I was getting that like nice faint uh but ripe blueberry flavor um and uh some kind of like creamy uh like light faintly bready malt tones really nice mm-hmm. uh and then my overall impression was that uh it was good use of blueberries um I agreed with Brian that uh, I could have taken more but uh I was really uh, happy with like the level of sweetness, it's pretty well attenuated and dry, but has just enough sweetness and body to kind of carry the blueberry flavor that's there, which was my favorite thing about the beer. Excellent. What did you give it? Uh, uh, also a score like right around 30. Oh. Okay. Very good. Brian, you want to uh, jump in and add anything real fast? or Yeah, just briefly. I think yeah. what's interesting is that in the aroma, mm-hmm. Cooper got a uh, bready character mm-hmm. and nicole got like a dms cream corn character and i got a definite plastic phenol so there's just something we all picked up something different but it's all something that's maybe a little off about the aroma yeah and i it, what's interesting i got more of like a chlorine thing mm. from the water like a water you know ah, i'm right chlorophenol See, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the correct one well i don't know i'm don't, actually don't blind to some chlorophenol so yeah. if you tell me it's there i'd believe no, you i'm just uh I'm, but, I get it a little bit, but, but I, uh, I, but with, I agree with everything Nicole said. The rosé wine thing, I totally was getting that my, myself. <laughs> uh, but I also, I, I got, I'm kind of middle of the road for tasting diacetyl. I didn't taste it, but I got a real slickness in this. Mm-hmm. And kind of the the question: if it's time, is it time to question the brewer? Um, or are we going to hold off? Go for it. That's fine. When so when in the fermentation did you add the blueberries, and how did you do that? So I presume you must have crushed them, but when did you add them? So I actually added them in when I kegged it. Okay. So I threw, I, uh, after sanitizing it, pureeing it, boiling it just to make sure because I didn't want what happened last time <laughs> to happen again. Yeah. Um, and then dropped everything in the keg and then racked every, and then racked the, the beer on top of it. 
So you you, bo- you boiled your blueberries? I after I pureed it, yes. Okay. Interesting. So you had like a, a, a pan of like water and blue and pureed blueberries that you boiled the whole thing. I actually didn't add any water. I just and it, okay. I, I didn't really boil it, but I got it up to a, a temperature that. You pasteurized you know, uh, it. From what I've read, it should kill anything that might be in there. So, okay. yeah. Um, so, and, like 150, is that kind of pasteurization or what? I, I think, yeah, I think I got it to like 152, 153 okay. was the, the thermometer reading. Okay. Yeah. That's probably going to set some fruit pectins too. So, you might want to use some uh, pectinase, which is probably the source of the haze that we're seeing in the beer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you care, if you, if you care about it being clear. Yeah, haze is cool. Tastes better because it's hazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so your secondary fermentation was in your keg. Uh, correct. Okay. Did you have? And just out of curiosity, it wouldn't affect the flavor. But did you have the keg sealed? And was that part of your 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 carbonation, where you just had secondary? Okay. It was. I, I yeah. I, I racked it and carbonated. It. So I, I really, I guess, really didn't do like a secondary. Okay. Um. They just primary let it sit, raised it up to for a diacetyl rest, and then um, yeah. just racked it, carbonated it. So every bit of those blueberries is in that keg, and it's it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, every bit, every bit is in there. <laughs> How much blueberries were added again? Did you give us a pound or? So it was about two and a quarter pounds mm-hmm. in a batch size of five gallons. Yeah, guy- so I'm. I'm I'm that's, surprised the blueberry didn't come out as much myself. Yeah, that's the, the, like Brian was saying. Blueberries, watermelon, strawberries—those we eat them and they we think they're super intense flavors, but they're mm-hmm. actually just really light flavors. And I think those fruits have mostly water, and you really have to focus on like a mango or something. Yeah, like water that. and a little bit of acid, and it kind of. Yeah. You know, it's it's the acid gets washed out into the beer, and you just get that little bit of flavor. So. Yeah, they're hard. They're hard to use. I mean, and I know of some people who use uh, fresh blueberries, but then they go back and add, like, with a little flavoring or fu- fruit puree, or uh, or whatever, just to get that that uh, you know fruit essence, right? That 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 punch. Because sometimes when you pick the bl- blueberries, maybe they all are too tart. Maybe there's not a whole lot of sweet ones, or yeah. the balance is kind of off, and then and then where are you at? So you need something to kind of like you know push through uh, the aroma and the flavor of the blueberries. But uh, you could also yeah. make oh. amends with that by you know lightening up the the base beer a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, just cleaning up it a little bit and getting it even drier, and you know that might help let the blueberries shine a little bit more. Yeah, because it's okay to make a subtle beer. I don't need to like be oh, like, no, for punch sure. in the face with blueberries, you know. Well, that's the guy, and you're right. I mean, the guidelines yeah. for fruit beers there ought to be a balance. It shouldn't be like you're drinking blueberry juice. And I really liked that about this beer that it yes. was really balanced. Yeah, I, and and I think what Nicole, what you're saying, I would like to see more of the blonde ale come through in the base. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Maybe sort of a little bit, yeah. maybe a little hot, maybe a little hot I was, character. I, I was being more specific about this beer, but okay. yeah, that could be another interesting way to augment uh, the blueberry flavor is to get some really good, like like a little touch of mosaic or something in there to yeah. help it push it along. 
If you, if you trust the people at Oregon Fruit Products, whose business it is to sell uh, fruit purees, yes, uh, their customers typically use a half to two pounds of puree per gallon of finished beer. So wow. it could be in a five-gallon batch, it would be two and a half would be the low end. You'd want to use up to ten. Good Lord. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> ten pounds of fruit in five-gallon beer. Let's go. How much, how much beer would that displace? Yeah, cake. you'd have to replace some of your water for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you're like you're, you're not boiling with it either. Yeah, you'd have to boil a, a four-gallon batch and then add all that puree in secondary or something. I don't know. Uh, well, Errol, do you have any questions for uh, for the judges here? So one thing that I kind of like a surprise, and I don't know if, Nicole, maybe this is the, the surprise malt that you were talking about. It's not so much a malt, but I did throw a pound of flaked oats in there ah. because I I wanted to get more mm. of a uh, more of a body to it. It is um, kind of creamy, yeah. kind of a silky, exactly. creamy yeah, mouthfeel. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that silkiness. You know, that's uh, I think that really helps if you're working with a fruit that has a potential for astringency. You know, something with a lot of skins like like. Uh, grapes are like blueberries, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, so really helpful, but it there might have been it might have just been compared to the level of fruit flavor, it might have been a little out of balance. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with a beer that's this delicate, the slightest bit out of balance gets kind of amplified because there's just you know mm-hmm. there's nowhere to hide, you know. I wonder if that's the breadiness, Brian, that you got in the beginning of this this beer and the aroma is that oat stuff. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, could be, could be. But I, I definitely mm-hmm. noticed as well. It's a very creamy beer with uh, I think a very good mouthfeel. And that might be, you know, if if there was a diacetyl rest and I got a little slickness and didn't taste butter, that's probably the the mouthfeel element that I'm getting is the oats mm-hmm. and not yeah. diacetyl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The oats can be a little kind of oily, slick. Yeah, it can give you this very similar feeling. Wow. Well, hey, that's pretty good, man. You guys, uh, you're all dancing around it, but uh, and that's why I guess why we <laughs> don't uh, we don't ask for all the ingredients before we judge beers, yeah. because then it would uh, it would skew anything. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to ask everybody, or uh, are you um, satiated no, with your knowledge? No, no, pretty good. I, I'm definitely going to want to try it again and. Uh, yeah, definitely try it again. I, I think. I mean, I, I think it's a good flavor combination. Yeah, the, fresh, yeah it's really there's good. no reason why you wouldn't do it. It's not contaminated, yeah. like you like you know you were concerned about. So I think you handled everything there. The berry quality is nice, and I like yeah. you know they're using a fresh product instead of some some processed thing. <laughs> I really like that mix of oats. Like you could experiment with other fruits that have a lot of seeds or tannins, like blackberries or mm-hmm. other things too. You know, it could be really fun. Yeah, very cool. All right, man, we'll let you go, and I appreciate you sending the beer in. All right, well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right, well, thank Fun you. beer. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. Bye. What I did forget to do is is Five Star. Thank you to our show sponsor, Five Star. Sorry for this. Stuff. Brian was trying to remind me at the same time. And I was like, <laughs> I don't understand what this is. It There's feels a lot so of, empty. I thought he was showing me a drawing of a tattoo he wants to get. Just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, stars. I'm going to get a Five Star <laughs> tattoo <laughs> my arm. Uh, five Star Chemicals. Go to 5starchemicals.com. They are the leading producer of cleaning and sanitizing products. So you can clean and then sanitize your equipment because you can't do one without the other. So check them out. They're helping you make better beer. Uh, if you're not using them, uh, you're not doing it right. That's just what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to uh, drink more beer and talk with more people and all that kind of fun stuff that we do in Dr. Homebrew. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Before we get to our next beer, I want to remind you guys that More Beer has teamed up with a great John Palmer to make 27 beer kits based on recipes found in Brewing Classic Styles written by John Palmer and somebody called Jamal. Uh, these kits are true to style and are all within BJCP guidelines, enabling them to be easily entered into any upcoming competition. Buy two kits and get fast and free shipping for morebeer.com. All right, our next guest in the studio is Kyle. And Kyle brought a mini a mini keg that he's tapping he's, off he's of. He's pouring right it now. out of a, a Growlerworks U keg. Yeah. The gallon size. Yeah. That's the daddy keg. Adorbs. I gotta get a. I gotta get a, my own glass because Bev didn't get any glasses. Yeah, I met those Growler Works Beverly dudes. Beverly didn't get any glasses. Up at, uh, to do a NHC. I got some uh, glasses. Been taking crap. Thanks, man. Do you need more glasses? Yes, please, Beverly. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for coming in, man. How uh, you're a local guy? I imagine. Yeah, I'm in the Bay Area. Nice. Um, what's your address? That's really what I'm asking for. <laughs> yeah, uh, number. Right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, about a l- 10, 11 years with a two-year hiatus when I lived in Germany. Okay. Wow. That's pretty much... Was there a, kind of a lack of homebrewing, or you just didn't want to homebrew because there's so much good beer for like a dollar? Or you didn't it's, want to follow the Reinheitsgebot? It's, it's, it's hard to find ingredients. There's no such thing as like a homebrew shop, and it was just, okay. you know, there was other things going on so didn't, yeah you were living in germany <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go all day working long. yeah you know, trying to get by i i, I, wouldn't. I don't speak german so it was you know there's a lot to do <laughs> like learn german yeah like learn of... an entire impossible language <laughs> right that's for sure uh yeah man i wouldn't be i wouldn't be homebrewing either if i lived in germany dude there's no way there's absolutely no way i would just be Buying a bunch of great tasting lagers that nobody here seems to really do. Not nobody, but and you know what I mean. like the common theme today, I'm also lazy, and so why? <laughs> Score. You're, you're, you're my you're my friend right here, man. Exactly. Right. I got a thing in my glass. Uh, what beer are we drinking? What kind of thing? I don't know. So We're, this is no. the, the reason I brought this in is because it's just kind of a mix of stuff. This was a 
uh, stuff beer. It, yeah, it was right. what it, what it started out is you know I I wanted to demonstrate home brewing, mm-hmm. and the best way to teach people is to give them free beer. Yeah, and so I had a I had an alt beer, and so I was kind of demoing alt beer and and brought in some grain and doing some one gallon like here's a mash here's that and had some malt extract and uh it kind of went sideways and so i ended up at home with all of this stuff including uh uh, some hops from altamont beer works so thanks thanks altamont beer works i use some of this for the beer i I apologize i didn't use it to its fullest extent but um (laughs) most most of it got uh donated to the club so it'll go on to bigger and better things there you go that's cool so it's just kind of a hodgepodge of uh, of stuff, it's not you're not really trying to hit a style. You're just trying to make a good beer. I, I was just trying to use the ingredients because they weren't meant to last past that day. So when okay. the demo kind of went sideways, I, I had all this stuff and I was leaving on travel, and so I wanted to convert it to beer before it just sat around and got hot and stale and gross. Converted so, to mold, exactly. Okay, so what did it come out as? Do you think? So, or is I that mean, why you're here? I mean, that was part of it. Is I, I wanted to talk about it and see what what these guys thought. But uh, it's about half the malt bill is about half of an alt beer mix. Mm-hmm. I wanted to demonstrate a boil, and so I had some malt extract. I wanted to talk about malt extracts come a long way in in recent times. So we had some rye malt extract and some amber, um, just to show variety. And then, uh, like I said, Altamont donated a, a bunch of hops. So we had uh, a lot of Citra, Mosaic, Belma, and a, a new experimental 07270. Um, oh, the 07270, yes. The dank, that, yeah. Also, also, yeah, from some of their cereal series and oh, uh, yeah. that sort of stuff. Doesn't that one have a name now? I don't know. Dankopotamus. It's proprietary. Nobody knows the name except <laughs> yeah. the owner of the, the patent. Uh, okay, the cool. Well, the we'll uh, I'm Sorry. sure we can taste that and figure out where this would go if you were to enter into a competition. Yeah, and you know, hopefully, it's it's fun to talk about what goes together and what doesn't go together, and, yeah. and hop styles and, and beer styles and malt and so sounds that, like yeah. a good time. We decided to judge it as an American Brown Ale, so American I, Brown Ale. Okay, it. Nicole, do you want to start off, or would you like to give uh, uh, Brian Shar Esquire uh, the the chance let's to? Let, uh, let's let Brian Shar Esquire. Ooh, this is so exciting! Away. It's my very first official okay. Doctor Homebrew uh, readout here. Yeah, well, put your yeah, shirt back on. It's all right. It's not that kind of party. <laughs> you can't down. tell me what kind of party this is. <laughs> Try to condense it to <laughs> one minute only because we're running out of time. Yeah. Exactly. In one so, breath. Uh, uh, quickly, I, I think for something you threw together, this came together, I think, really nicely. Uh, the hop aroma was uh, dominant, uh, very piney and dank. Uh, low roast character, a little uh, fruit ester, I thought, like a grape ester. I thought it really went well together. And that, that fruity ester is going to be kind of characteristic of the alt beer. It's German, quote, ale. So you're going to have some esters out of that. And the hops really complemented that pretty well. That's very dark beer. Has a really heroic head that just doesn't go away. Uh, heroic. That's like my favorite. I, I write that in score oh. sheets for those that that awesome. kind of head. That's I'm like, stealing that's like that, my by thing. The way. Oh, please do. Everyone should be writing about the heroic head on that's these a little beers. Cape around it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it, when it's really dark like this. It's hard to tell how clear it is, but it doesn't ultimately matter. I mean, it's I, I would nothing about it tells me that it's. You kind of tilt it and look a little bit at the thin areas, and it looks looks pretty clear. 
beer. I did add some clear beer because I, I knew it was going to be kind of the dark side. I was hoping for a little more reddish. It didn't get there, but I, I wanted to get it clear so that it would look a little better because I brown beers are generally not. I don't think it looks pretty. looks yeah, good to me. It's like it's supposed to look. Um, you know, flavor, uh, initially I got like a really low phenol plastic. Uh, which might just be from the roast malt, uh, light roast character, uh, high hop flavor of sort of piney and dank, sort of a medium hop bitterness. Uh, it was really well attenuated, a good balance between uh, uh, hop and malt, although it was a little leaned toward the hop flavor, which you expected in American brown. Uh, malty, roasty finish, uh, you know, medium body and carbonation, uh, very low warming, slight creaminess, not astringent. Uh, overall, I thought it was really tasty and well done. The only flaw might have been a slight phenol, which might just be what I'm perceiving from the roast. Quick question for you. Do you brew outside or inside? I brew outside. Do you use garden hose or white potable water hose? I generally buy spring water. Okay, good. Because I used to have a phenol problem in a very minor way, and it was because I used that nasty old garden hose. Yep. And when Jamil pointed out that that was a bad idea, I got the white RV hose, and yeah. my phenol problem cleared up instantly. Nice. Good tip. But no, I yeah. think that was a, uh, I gave it a 37, thought it was well done, especially for something you kind of got some disparate ingredients. You put some American hops in a German beer, and it came out really nice. Thanks, yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right, Nicole. I might not have been as kind. But, um, I wouldn't have either. This tastes like total butthead. <laughs> butt juice in a bottle, and um, I hate it. I would never say something like that, but no. uh, you might you sum just it say up it that way. Like it. No. If no. you were reading off my score sheet, that's how it would be. In crayon. Just butt juice. She just drew a dirty picture on her score sheet. There's no words on that thing. Sorry. What JP would draw a picture of a wang, and that would be about it's it. It's probably true. So what's really interesting about this beer is every time... I take a break from it and I go back to it, my first initial impression is totally different because it's kind of all over the place. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, the the thing that I think I got the most when I would go for a first sniff is uh, like really intense like pine and lime zest type of hop aromas. And then followed by some notes of some toffee and some caramel and then also some bready character. Um, there's definitely some ester going on. And the way that it melds with the different malts and hops in the beer, there's kind of a cantaloupe kind of impression. Um, I also got a little bit of acetaldehyde. I know I talked about the last beer, too, but I didn't get it in this beer until it started to warm up. Uh, it started to pop out a little bit, um, a little bit faint. Um, the color is, you know, what you would expect for American brown. Um, not, you know, maybe a little high uh, on the high end, but I think within range. Uh, and then... Uh, and the flavor, I again, got the intense hop aromas, but they seem to kind of exist on, like, a different plane than the rest of the beer. Like, in, like, one bubble, there was the hop aromas, and in another bubble, there's the kind of malt flavors. Uh, and, like, things weren't, like, intersecting and melding together to make one cohesive product. Uh, so it was um, it was kind of interesting in that way. Um one thing that I thought was really interesting is that the finish is just like a chicory coffee. So if you've ever had mm -hmm. like um, either just plain roasted chicory or a blended chicory coffee, there's a really specific kind of uh, toffee-ish flavor and then a roast, the, the way it influences a roast character. And I really get that in the finish, which I thought was really interesting because I really like chicory coffee. Almost like <laughs> a licorice dirt thing. Not in dirt. In a good way. No, it's not dirt. Earthy. It's, 
It is slightly mm, earthy, but there's earthy. it's just like a specific kind of like treacly mm, um okay. like, uh, uh, toffee-ish character. More like tree bark than earth. Okay. <laughs> um, Close enough. Yeah. Like what? An inch or two? Yeah. The tree a couple gets, inches. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, I'm close. Um, That's all I need to be is just close. Uh, anyway, yeah, I liked, I liked that, uh, how that finish, how it lingered. It's kind of like that, like, uh, you know, nice coffee-ish finish. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. The carbonation was a little low. I think that did take away from the beer. Um uh, a little higher carbonation might have made things seem like they went went together better, um, but yeah, it was a it was an interesting experiment in flavors. Like, I, there's a it's a very flavorful beer. None of the flavors are bad, uh, but the flavors don't necessarily all play nice together. That that exist. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things when you're going through the judging score sheet. If you if you talk about the malt separately, you talk about the hop separately. You know, you can you can be very complimentary with that, but uh, overall impression, I I think it lacks a little bit because I I think those two things are are clashing in this in this beer. Yeah, in my mouth, the malt all went to the right side, and the hops <laughs> all went to the left side of my mouth. I don't know how, but yeah, yeah. like it's stereo beer. It's it two things that are, are potentially be great, just not together. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there are also some interesting interplays happening here. Like, I was there was a, there were a couple of flavors. I was like, oh, what is that? And as soon as you said Belma, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that's what that kind of odd strawberryish uh, hop aroma from the Belma is hmm. like. It, there's some interesting flavors there. With some of the uh, more toasted malt character, um, especially with the toffee-ish note. Um, I don't know uh, how geeky we want to get, but we were Go talking about it. fruit beer earlier. and We were talking about how strawberries don't normally lend a lot of flavor in a beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's because one of the m- most important flavor compounds in strawberries is called ferraniol. Mm. Ferraniol tastes like molten sugar. It's kind of like... Um, you know, when the sugar first melts in the pan, it's kind of that aroma, right? Okay. It's like very, very faint caramel or burnt sugar. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know or, what you're talking about. Or I learned it from Dr. Bill Simpson, so it's burnt sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's one of the reasons why it's hard to get strawberry flavor to translate into beer because beer already has a lot of ferraniol flavor, depending on what kind of malts you use, right? Ah. So Belma has this like other aspect of, uh, of strawberry aroma, so it lends that too. And when you have it in a beer that has some ferraniol from the malt, you get an increased impression of strawberry. Ferraniol is also a reason why sometimes when you're drinking something like a Doppelbock, mm-hmm. you'll get like a strawberry kind of note from the malt, like that strawberry jam, mm-hmm. right? Uh, anyway, Interesting. so yeah, kind of kind of a weird thing, uh, all about like you know perceiving things in different contexts, blah blah blah. But uh, the uh, that that uh, strawberryish aroma blends it really in interesting ways with some of the malts that are in here. Like a I strawberry think that's worth pursuing. almost. Yeah, do something of, with this. I mean, yeah. and you wouldn't get that. I mean, Belma's not the most assertive hop like you have to use an f ton of it to really like taste that flavor but i think you kind of did here and i think something beautiful came out of it that you could explore more 
Do you have the recipe in front of you? Yeah, I do. And let's uh, let's run through that, and maybe we can figure out what what's working and maybe what's not, and maybe if you want to make it again, how to accentuate the things that you want. Sure, and I, I was kicking myself because all of these hops got added really late. So if I was smarter, it would have been awesome to just take some of this and and do single hop additions on a few different batches and separate it out to to the different flavors, see what works and what doesn't. But mm-hmm. Uh, the the original alt beer had nine pounds of Pilsner, uh, two pounds of Munich, half a pound of Caram Munich, half a pound of Special B, and a quarter pound of Carafa three. If if you're gonna do it, I would say to cut that down by half. Maybe do two ounces of Carafa three. It came out a little dark. Um, ounce and a half of Perlay hops, ounce of Tetnanger, um, and. Let's see. The uh, Tetnanger was added 15 minutes, you know, left with a boil. Uh, two packs of German ale yeast, uh, 1007. Uh, so I had, for this one, I ended up with about six and three-quarter pounds of that mix with three pounds of rye extract, a pound of amber extract. I'm laughing because this is a ridiculous recipe. <laughs> um, uh, but, but it kind of works. Everything was going great until you got to this part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I had, you know, leftovers, uh, an ounce of Tetnanger, an ounce of Pearl that was meant mm-hmm. to, you know, just pass around. I, I added those like I would for the alt beer. But then I, I had a little over, I had about three and a half ounces each of because that's what fits in a snack baggie, snack Ziploc baggie, um, to <laughs> pass lid. around to pass yeah. around to a crowd uh, uh, of Citra Mosaic Belma in this 07270. Um, those were your homebrew con hops. Th- those were just donated by Altamont, and, and <laughs> okay. they they donated a lot more than that. They were super generous, super cool. It was really nice of them. Um, Thanks, bros. Yeah, I, I yeah. steal someone else's logo again. But I, oh, I took I took a, uh, a snack snack baggie of each, you know, and then just. Gave the rest of the homebrew club so they could do something cool with it. Um, and then I had the American Ale Yeast, uh, probably the 1056. I wanted something that was, you know, we could smack the pack and show that it swelled up. And, you know, hey, look, <laughs> yeast does stuff. Vis- right, exactly, yeah. You know? And so that, that was the yeast I had, so that's what got used as well. All right. Um, so not, not an alt beer yeast. No. No, it wasn't. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Um, I did try and keep the temperature down, but it, you know. It it did its thing, and so that's that's. Do you, do you have you know, controlled recipe. fermentation temperature, like in a fridge or something? I do. Yeah. Okay. Ish. <laughs> it, kind ish. of. Yeah. It's controlled as in it doesn't freeze and it doesn't boil. <laughs> it's it's controlled. between zero and two hundred degrees Fahrenheit at all right. times. It's controlled that it's a very tired fridge, so it doesn't get cold, so it controls fermentation very well. Nice. It's not bad, man. Yeah, it's not bad. I thought the beer was a pretty, you know, a pretty decent American brand. I'm glad we didn't yeah. judge it as an alt beer. Oh it yes, it didn't no. work. Agreed. No. Absolutely. That was the interesting thing in the flavor. Of the, I don't know how or where it came from. Something from one of the hops combining with the the malts in there, it's just this like kind of pumpernickel bread like quality yeah. to it. It's like got this like, kind of a light spicy quality to it with this dark bread and it's just like pumpernickel. <laughs> and then um That's yeah. that rye extract, man. That, yeah, the, the hops are super piney and dank and resiny and, and fun and I like those kind of hops. So and I like going to Altamont too. For some reason it this works, you know. Mm. Uh, but um uh, yeah. 
I would back off the hops though. It's just it's too hop balanced, even for yeah. Like, it needs a little more side of the American Brown, think, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Like it, it um, everything late just you know it. it Definitely needs that up front, up front bitterness. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. You know, yeah, for how much crazy. stuff is in this beer, though? Like, I have to say, I can, I can actually taste things. You know, <laughs> like, right, right, right. A lot of the time, a beer like this, it would just be like, oh, like ugh, just kitchen sink beer. Yay! So many flavors yeah. and nothing distinguishable. And I think that's a testament that you're probably a pretty good home brewer. <laughs> Thanks, uh, appreciate it. Uh, there's some acuity. Yeah. There's some acuity in there, um, but. Because of that, like hopefully you can walk away with this with some interesting ideas for what future you, combinations. Did you yeah. mention your score, Nicole? What, oh, what did I, you give it? I gave it a thirty. Yeah, I landed at a thirty-four on it. It's I thought it was a pretty good beer, but yeah. it's, it just needs to be balanced a little better. Cleanly brewed though, and fun for sure. I can't find my score sheet, so we're gonna just ignore mine. Okay. Yeah, I can't find it at all. But you know what I did find? Information about the I dip. Uh, dip? I dip. We dip. Uh, this, it's the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. Incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. You can use it in your home brewery or in your commercial brewery. It's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed. And you can email the results to anybody you want or post it to your Facebook page. You know, whatever you want to do. Uh, it can test over 40 different water tests. Four come preloaded, and there are more available. You can test for stuff like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more with only four milliliters of water needed for each test. Go to smartbrewkit.com and enter code TBN10 at checkout and save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing it is kit. The most uh, drought-friendly water testing kit out, out on the market. Absolutely. That thing is badass. Oh, I, you don't have to do math, dude. That's my no. favorite part. That's, that's my favorite part, I too. I like that shit. I don't like math. Math is... Math is hard, mm. says JP. <laughs> what has math ever got me? You know what I mean? Nothing. So Nothing. I, I live in Menlo Park, but we have Hetch Hetchy water, which is like uh-huh. the cleanest, most beautiful water you can have anywhere. Aside yeah. from, like about one month a year when they screw with our water plant to, to do cleaning and stuff, mm-hmm. you can taste that it's different. It comes out of the sink, and you're like, yeah. oh, there's, you're getting it from somewhere else. And those times, it's so nice to have the eye dip to know just what the heck you're drinking and putting in your beer. Exactly. Exactly. You heard it from Esquire here. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to give stuff away, and then we're going to go urinate. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit 5starchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. 
Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. We're going to run through a couple things here, and then we're going to get out of here. But first, of course, the city of Concord, where we are located, is the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. Concord is essentially located in the Bay Area. It boasts strong craft beer-loving demographics. The history, uh, historic's downtown is experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and new apartment developments in the pipeline. The city's economic development team is ready to help you find a successful location meet your business needs. Call Brian Nunnally. Another Brian. Oh. At 925-671-3018. Too many Bryans. Well, never can be Bryans. too many Bryans. Let's it's give not, him a nickname. Possible. He needs a nickname too. But he's not a uh, well. I mean, City Brian. City. There you go. City I like none. Concord. This is a nice town. It's it a is. nice town. Yeah, you can open a business here if you guys yeah. want. Let's go, everyone. Let's do it. Tap rooms. Let's go. Um, okay, we do have uh, some prizes to get away, to give away. Actually, one prize to the uh, forty dollars right. gift certificate to Grog Tag. It's the at least your beer will look good gift certificate, and that goes to, of course, the uh, person who has the lowest score in today's Doctor Homebrew Shootout. <laughs> oh man. Great sound effects on this show. Thanks, dude. Um, they're authentic. Yes. I literally brought my guns into the studio. Uh, all right, Brian. I was people can tell. Who yeah. gets the uh, $40, at least your beer will look good, gift certificate to grogtag.com? The, the comp- competition was t- uh, stiff, uh, I, but uh, uh, oh. Ariel gets it. Ariel, all right. Good job, yeah, Ariel. You. 40 bucks, dude, to grogtag.com. Did a metal I'll be sign. you uh, that over. He did email me his uh, recipe if you guys want it. Ah. Uh, For completeness sake, it wouldn't fast. hurt to hear it. Yeah, so he said, what, five gallons? So he said uh, eight ounces of rice hulls, ten pounds of pale U.S. two-row, one pound of flaked oats, 12 ounces of white wheat, eight oh, ounces wheat. of crystal 20, half an ounce of centennial at 60 minutes, half an ounce of galaxy at 20 minutes, half an ounce of galaxy at the Whirlpool, and 1.1 package of Safe Ale American Ale Yeast, 2.25 pounds of fresh blueberry puree. Where can you buy 0.1 package of uh, yeast? 1.1? I don't know. It's a good question. Interesting. Or maybe you just had one left with a little bit left from the last time. Maybe you spilled <laughs> most possibly. of it. Uh, yeah, you got two and you opened it up like, the, like a chip bag and went... Oh, and maybe one. that's why there was us child Yeah. <laughs> it's that possible. Point one. There's point nine of a packet of acetaldehyde. Shouldn't have added that point one, man. Yeah. Oh. Any feedback on that? Or uh, I mean, it seems no, pretty solid, right? The, yeah. the wheat and the, the oats, you think that might be too much? Why or? are you saying it like that? I don't know. It's like fun. what? The wheat. 
the wheat and the oats, I think, really explain, frankly, I, I think that's that weird, bready aroma at the beginning that we all kind of interpreted different ways. And yeah. maybe that's a little bit too much for those grains. Okay. And we ta- I talked earlier, I think the oats might have been the cause of that slickness. Mm. But I know, what do you guys think? I liked the oats. Um, I personally feel like brewers be putting wheat in everything for no good reason. Um, (laughs) They're like, oh, you know, I think I should put wheat in this. Like, why? Did you really think that through? Wheat it. The the oats give a really specific um, mouthfeel that I think is what he was going for, and I think he achieved. He might want to bring it back a little. Um, Rain it in a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, Although I don't know of many American Blondales that would feature wheat, but you know, wheat and oats. Yeah, put, no. it's like the uh, Portlandia episode. Put a bird on it. <laughs> put, put some wheat in it. Lots of commercial breweries are doing the same thing. So, um, we are going to leave here in a second. But before we do, of course, there's always house cleaning to do over here on the Brewing Network. Uh, the American Home Brewers Association, which is a member-driven organization that wants to help you save money on beer and brewing supplies. In addition to providing brewing resources and hosting one-of-a-kind events, the AHA offers money-saving discounts at nearly 2,000 beer destinations around the country through their member deals program. Join the AHA if you haven't already, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, at homebrewersassociation.org and make your beer money go further. Yeah, I saved a lot of money when I was down in San Diego. I just had the BrewGuru app up all the time. It's like, where where am I? Okay. Yeah, they have a deal. Cool. You know one of the dumbest things I ever did was not buy a lifetime membership in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Those were cheap. But can you imagine the money I would have saved in the last 25 uh, years? So if you're like 25 oh, years old, buy that lifetime membership yeah. right now. You will not regret it. Seriously. Hell yeah. And go to HomebrewCon. Oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for sticking with us. And uh, to Brian and Nicole, thank you for coming in. Bye. Thanks for having us. We will see you guys on the next show. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, around and you want to hear the next show just either wait or skip ahead i don't know Do i'm leaving they're, they're so awesome it's just going to be them on the next show <laughs> can I leave too? Uh, i'm gonna go take drink a beer they can just do the yeah. they can do everything drink like three beers yeah all right ah. everybody thanks a lot for tuning in and we'll see you next time